When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turn on the Jets Live. I'm your host, Steven Zantz, joined by my co-host, Steven Russo. We're not going to sit here and bore you with another recap of a loss. We'll talk about some of the bigger picture things with the team. Russo, how you doing? It's been it's been a rough couple of days. It has been, and uh, I'm glad I got my little vent session out earlier this week. Um, feeling better as the time goes on. I don't know, man. I think it's, you know, everyone's been posting, like, the natural cycles of being a Jets fan. You know, you're down in the dumps, and then uh, as the week rolls on, you somehow just convince yourself they're going to pull out a W on Sunday. But, um, you know, am I – I don't know. We'll, we'll get into some of the stuff. I'm doing okay. I've You know, there's a rough couple days to start the week, but I'm, I'm getting better as the week goes on. How about you, man? How you doing? Yeah, I mean, overall, I think I'm, I'm I'm hanging in there with this team, but like it's just it just feels like, like a mirror image of last year, and that's why I'm getting so frustrated because we literally were like we thought we solved this problem of not having a quarterback, and of course we're back to square one, and there's no you know <clears throat> break glass for Mike White to come in. It's and the yeah. staff doesn't seem to be interested in doing anything like that, but you know it's just. I think to me, the most frustrating part right now is that it just seems like they're the same thing over and over again. Like the way these games are being played, you know that, you know, Garrett's going to get his touches. Brees is going to get his touches. You know, Dalvin Cook will be good for, you know, coming in and killing the vibes. Although I will say he had two nice runs against the Rangers on the night. So I got to give him some credit. Um, we, we, we've been accustomed to the Michael Carter drop or miss block, but now he's not here anymore. So we'll talk about that in a bit. But it's that. Perfect defense, good special teams. Greg the leg always crushing it, and obviously Morse, who's been a god, you know, back there compared <laughs> to what we saw from uh, Brian Men. But it's just for me, and it's bigger picture. It's just like how could they just continue to talk themselves into these game plans when you know that what Zach's not capable of? Like you already know all this stuff, so why not make changes? Salah said, I guess on Monday after the game, the changes are going to be made to personnel. Michael Carter was the first thing that's been done. And that he said that Izzy Abanacano, who we've been all clamoring for, for like a month and a half, two months already to get on the field, is finally going to get an opportunity to make his NFL debut. Um, I'd imagine Ruckert's going to be playing more based on what he said, but who knows if he's benching CJ Uzama. I think it's more of a politics game with the salary and everything. But I'm really interested to see what things, how things go. And if honestly they make a you know, change with Zach Wilson, if he continues to struggle. So, I was a little long-winded, but I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on some of the things I just said. Yeah, I think, one, you made a good point about it being a mirror image of last year. I think, honestly, it's it, to me, it's almost worse simply because I think the defense is that much better. Like, the defense was top five last yes. year, and they were very good. This year, you know, PFF has them graded as the number one defense in the league, and I think that's that's obvious. I think last year the the thought process of teams was of teams playing the Jets was very similar. It's like, listen, we we can't – you know, we can't beat Sauce and Reed on the outside. We're going to eat up the middle and just slow play this because we know the Jets offense can't score. This year, that game plan is a little different because you play, you know, teams like the Raiders where it almost just felt like they're not even willing to pass the ball just because they know that that's where the Jets defensive line will eat. They know they can't pass the ball over the middle or on the outside because of how good they are. 
And so they're almost like, you know what? If we just continue to run the ball, we'll at least stumble into a touchdown at some point, and that one touchdown will be enough to beat the Jets. From a Jets offensive perspective, it you know, with you're you're absolutely right. With Mike White, at least there was a glimmer of hope last year, and even like yeah. in the Lions game, at least Zach showed flashes where he put the ball in the end zone. This is just this level of ineptitude and and inability to get the ball into the end zone uh, at any point, but especially once they hit the red zone, it's just crazy. And the other thing that I'll say is like, you know, a lot of Jets fans, myself, you included, like we make jokes. Like it seems that their game plan is to just get the ball to Garrett and Brees and hope they do something, something miraculous. But the more you watch them, the more it really feels like that's truly the game plan is just to like get them as many touches and, and hope that they can do something that, that breaks the game open or breaks the drive open. And, but it's it's crazy and the, the level in which they are shooting themselves in the foot is is a level that i've never seen before i the self-inflicted wounds the penalties the the ways that they come is just crazy to me and i thought honestly i thought connor brought up a, a really good point uh on the badlands i can't remember if it was part one or part two but he's like that cg is on a hold on max crosby on the Brees touchdown like if you don't hold and Max Crosby makes the tackle, what's the worst that happens? You're stopped. You got second and goal from the three. You're in the exact same spot you are right now, but you hold, which you don't need to because really Brees was getting in anyways. And now you're backed up. Now you got second and goal from the 13 or first and goal from the 13. And then that, that's when you turn it into Hackett and Hackett goes run, run pass. And there's no way the jets are getting in. So it's like little things like that. And I just think that the team is pressing and that's obviously just counterproductive because they're making more mistakes than they typically would. But again, we can lead into the, because the other, the chop block, and it was questionable if it was a chop block, because I don't think, I don't, you probably don't think that Makai Becton was engaged with that blocker anyway, but either way, clearly the chop block kind of sealed Michael Carter's fate. I am a little surprised that he was cut, but at least it's a move, right? And it gets Izzy, someone that you said that we've been clamoring for to get in. What are your thoughts on MC being cut and not just deactivated? Well, I think he was cut because he probably requested his release. I don't, I don't, mm -hmm. I think that they probably told him, Hey, you're not going to be active on game days. We're going to give Izzy a chance. You could either, you know, sit, sit, sit out the rest of the season, unless there's an injury or we can grant your release and, you know, you can get claimed or you can be, you can choose any team you want to play for. As far as Michael Carter, it's, it's a, it's a sad thing to see because he's a guy that, you know, Jeff fans really liked in year one. I think he showed a lot of promise. I know that that, that team was not super talented, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. So like, it was like anybody who's going to be productive is going to make us happy. But, you know, he, he really kind of lost us last year in the back half of the year when Reese Hall went down. I think that fumble in the Buffalo game really was like the turning point of him just not being the guy that we want out there anymore. And I know he's battled through injuries a couple of times, but yeah, overall it sucks because I liked him. I think he's, he was a great locker room guy from everything you hear. I know Connor Hughes was saying that it's like, it was weird that the Jets caught him because everyone beloved him in the locker room. I saw plenty of players on social media supporting him. Um, I saw the comments from his first, uh, I guess, meeting in Arizona, like basically saying like he, there's some internal stuff that went on. I don't really think that that's probably the case. I think it's more, the, you know, he fell out of favor and he wasn't making the most of his chances. I know he wasn't getting a lot of playing time, but if you want to make the most of your chances, you have to catch the ball when it's thrown to you. You have to pick up your blocks and you got to be have productive carries. And he wasn't doing those things. So I don't want to pile on him because I, you know, I saw some things from him that I liked, but overall, you know, it's, it's hard to disagree with the decision, but I think 
if they knew that they were going to do this, because it clearly wasn't just something out of left field, like it's kind of in the writing, the writing's been on the wall for a while. Why didn't you at least try to, you know, get a day three pick for him? A team probably would have traded for him that's had injuries and running backs. Like maybe the Browns would have, mm-hmm. or I guess Arizona for lack of now that we yeah. know that they wanted them. And I saw uh, Tampa Bay was interested in him. So it's like, if you knew that this was a possibility, why did you just not trade him? It was like two yeah. weeks ago. They could have traded him and got something for him. But, you know, it's not, I'm not like losing sleep over a fourth round pick that ended up getting cut. But it's it's just sad because it was a guy that I did like as a rookie, but he's mm-hmm. really just soured on the team. And I'm mean, not really the team, but the fan base and just as a whole. So it sucks. Yeah. You know, it's the nature of the business, but, you know, I hope he does well. It's not a guy that I'm going to, you know, be like, screw that guy. He, he <laughs> seems like a genuinely good dude. So I do, I do feel bad from that regard, but good luck. Yeah. And I agree. And I think, listen, uh, you know, I think you bring up a good point about if you knew, then why not trade him? I think that's just kind of indicative of how this coaching staff really, and honestly, the personnel department works, where I just feel like they're a little too little too late, um, where it's like, if you have this feeling, I just feel like they wait too long to make these changes. So I guess in the grand scheme, right, am I happy that Michael Carter got cut? No. Um, do I think a change need to be made to, to get Izzy active on Sundays? Yes. So if, if Michael Carter has to be kind of the sacrificial lamb, and get the opportunity that he rightfully deserves elsewhere, then so be it. So I think, yeah, that's a, a very good point. I'm interested to see what changes come next because, but at the same time, like we've been talking about these changes and I don't know why they haven't made them yet. So what I anticipate and from Salah's comments and from everybody kind of, you know, uh, shouting this from the rooftops is that <laughs> CJ Uzama has his playing time limited and Jeremy Ruckert gets more. Now this is something that we've been saying since week two, week three, week one, maybe. I mean, it just, it makes too much sense for it not to happen. I mean, Uzama is again, similar to Michael Carter, good locker room guy, obviously likes the camera, you know, has kind of that personality that endears him to, to obviously his teammates and his fans. Yet, if you were to like stack up him versus Rucker, Rucker's younger, he's faster, he's a better blocker. He clearly commits less penalties and he's a better pass catcher. So why wouldn't mm-hmm. you play Rucker over him? So like things like that, it just it doesn't make sense to me why it takes so long for these for Sala and staff to make these changes when clearly they're the right choices. So I'm interested to see if that truly is the case, because I think that's something that could help this offense. And honestly, I'm really, you know, clearly the offense is limited because you got Hackett calling plays and you got Zach Wilson back there. I'm a big believer in just getting the best playmakers that you have out there. It seems like Hackett's been allergic to getting like Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall on the field at the same time. <laughs> so like get your guys out there. Go to two tight end sets with Conklin and Rucker and let Garrett Wilson be the, you know, the one ride receiver. Like do some different things that kind of mix it up. So that way you can get some different looks and you can kind of show some uh I don't know, pizzazz on offense because they really haven't shown it. They've been vanilla. No. I, I tweeted it out during the game. Like is there anything more predictable right now than a first down and complete pass followed by a Brees Hall run on second down? Like, no, no there, anyone, there anyone that's watched a second of the Jets games this season can see that coming. So like, those are the little things that I really hope uh, come and that we see on Sunday because they need any kind of flair on offense, like anything. It Like they don't, haven't even done like the trickery that LaFleur was doing. And like, <laughs> I like you have the one time they can- do. What is it? They have Garrett Wilson throw, just busted up his elbow. It makes no sense. <laughs> it's it really doesn't. And it's frustrating because there's talented players on this team. I, I I don't want to pick on Lazard, but I have to because just all 
like this entire season, he's just been so frustrating, whether it's penalties, drop passes, not getting open, just doing stupid things. It's just they're paying this guy a lot of money. And I know that Packer fans probably were not huge fans of him because of the drops. And it's the same thing is carried over with, with the Jets. Do I think if Rodgers was the quarterback, he'd be playing a lot better? Yes. I think everyone on this offense would be playing better. I think it'd be a lot different. And we're going to talk about what we think the record would be if Rodgers was the quarterback this year. But it's just – it's so frustrating because, like, I they have to make some changes, whether it's getting Bromley on the field. I know we're going to see Izzy. Hopefully we're going to see more Ruckert. I, I like that they're even considering Malik Taylor, even though it was a guy that we never really thought that they would actually put on the field. It seemed like he was more of a body than anything else. But he seems to be doing more than some of the other guys on the team. So I, I hope that we're just going to see something creative. We're going to see just different types of personnel that's out there this week. I mean – the Bills do not have a great defense, as mm-hmm. we've seen, you know, the entire season, except when they're playing Miami. It seems like they're, you know, very vulnerable, especially against the run. So you need Brees Hall to have a similar type game that he had in week one. And I think that's the thing you got to keep in mind when we're this matchup. And they're also a lot more banged up. You know, no Matt Milano, no Trey White. Um, Von Miller hasn't really been the same guy this year. I know he didn't play in the first matchup, but. This is a defense that they should be able to move the ball against. I, I know that that's like a crazy thing to say at this point based on what we've seen from an offensive standpoint, but get in the damn end zone, man. It's like just something has to change. I don't care what it is, whether it's bringing different guys in, calling a different type of like calling a different type of game plan. I don't care. Just stop with the same stuff over and over again. It's insanity. It's literally the definition of insanity. <laughs> yes. And get Brees Hall on the field on third down. Yes. Like he's your best, most reliable playmaker. Like him and Garrett clearly are, are head and shoulders above any other person on the offense. He, but he is your best and most reliable playmaker. And you're taking him off the field on the down where you are historically bad. Yeah. Why are we like, it, it makes no sense. It, like you said, the definition of insanity, it's such <laughs> a simple answer. Like get him out there on third down and let him make a play, set up a screen pass, like do anything that is contrary to what Hackett normally thinks of doing, and chances are you'll succeed. It's just do the opposite. Be yes. George Costanza. Do the opposite yeah. of what you normally would do. Exactly. Things might work out. Exactly. Um, I do want to talk about this Garrett Wilson slander and Brees Hall slander that's been oh. on Twitter. It makes no sense to me at all. Like, I understand that you could you could find things to nitpick with what they've done. I know Garrett obviously, you know, he could have made a play on that long deep ball and he dropped the pass, but come on like get real the two guys who actually give it their all every single week and i know Brees hasn't been great lately but come on with this stuff like garrett every time and i know connor's been saying this all season it's just like every time zach throws on the ball he has to make like a miraculous catch just to actually reel it in mm-hmm. so it's like stop getting on the guy he's not perfect he's gonna make some mistakes but like Without him, where are we on offense? You're probably not getting first downs at all, like let alone converting that third downs, which were the worst in the league, historically bad. And Brees is like, every time he touches the ball, something good happens. So it's like, yeah, they're not perfect, but what else are you going to do? The defenses know that they're going to get the ball, and, and what they're doing is they're going to put more, multiple guys on the stack of the box, double-team Garrett. So it's not going to be easy for them to make these miraculous plays again in the end zone. So like, I, I just don't understand this slander. I know it's been coming a lot. It's like, Get on Lazard more. Get on Uzama. Get on whoever. I just I can't take it anymore. It's just frustrating me. It's crazy, and I I think it's just indicative of the state of this offense. And it's like, I the weight gets put on the shoulders of the people and the and the units that you rely on more because the offense is historically bad. So like, you know, and I tweeted this out during the game too. Like, I'm almost I'm to the point where it's like I'm I'm 
beside myself upset if the offense gives up a touchdown or like gives up po- or I'm sorry if the defense gives up a touchdown or points because I know how important that is and I know that like if if the opposing team scores a touchdown the game's practically over right so that's the same thing it's like you're doing that to Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall because if they don't make that miraculous catch if they don't make that miraculous touchdown run then the offense is going to stall and there's not going to be anything so it's almost like you're penalizing them for being too good and for being the only guys that are responsible or even have the ability to take this offense into the end zone. And it's, listen, you, you can't look at what Garrett Wilson has done this season and specifically really over the course of the last few games where this offense has been sputtering and say, he has been anything short of amazing. Like the third down catch where he got slammed in the ribs, bobbled it and still made the catch. Like, how can you fall a guy for anything? Like, should he made that catch on the second and long over the middle? Yeah, probably. He got short arm, got scared of getting blown up, whatever. That happens to a million receivers. We can't fault this guy for minor mistakes when he's going nine for 93 and giving it his all out there with Zach Wilson as his quarterback and being really him and Brees Hall are 50-50 of the offense right now. Like, that's that's what it is. Yeah, and I know we talked about this either last week or the previous or the week before that, just about, like, how the Jets making mistakes – because they have so crucial every play on offense to try to get points. Like Devontae Smith dropping that ball against the Jets. It's like mm-hmm. every team does that. You can't yeah. you can't get on these guys when they make one mistake. I get it. They're not scoring points, but like they're going to make mistakes. And you can't get on the guys who actually do things and accomplish things on this offense. So I, I think it's silly. Um, and I know you were talking about the defense being perfect, giving them a touchdown. I, I want to give you a stat that I saw today. The Jets have given up one touchdown to a wide receiver this season. We are heading into week 12. <laughs> one wide receiver scored a touchdown on them. The rest have been running backs or tight ends. Or I guess That's insane. I know. So it's like, how could anyone get on this team for that? Like, it's ridiculous. I'm trying to think of who it was. I know. It's week one. It's, it was Diggs. Oh, Diggs scored. That's right. Yeah. I that was question, that was questionable though because I thought Josh Allen was a butt was ahead of the line of scrimmage on that one. Oh, he absolutely was. Right? I remember, yeah. I, remember yeah. when I was in the stadium and I was like, he's definitely crossing that line. That but. game, it's crazy, man. I'm usually like that game is a blur. Just all the emotion of everything in that game, like I can't, it's like my brain can't process it. <laughs> um, let's talk about the hypothetical with Rodgers, and then we'll talk about Salah because I know yes. there's been some mixed opinions about Salah. So, so I, I want to lay this out too because I always say like I don't, I'm not a religious New York sports, New York, New York sports talk listener, but I do like to listen to the Michael K show, um, and Barton Hahn. So I listen to Michael K on Mondays because they interview Salah, and I listen to Barton Hahn on Tuesdays because they have Garrett Wilson, right? But they posed this question on the Michael K show about what this what this team record, what this team's record would be if Aaron Rodgers were the quarterback. And everyone kind of agreed that it would be like five and four or six and three. And I just I completely disagree with that. And I want to get your thoughts on it. So six and three at the minimum. At the minimum, right? I think. Yeah. Right. I mean, they they definitely win the last two games. So that gets Without you to six. Yeah, you get you to six right there. Are you not and- winning the New England game? Oh yeah, so I think I think. And are you and not two. winning Kansas City? Um, hard to say because I, I I don't know. I think they probably be seven and two. I really do. Seven and two or eight and one, without a doubt. Uh, without a doubt, in my mind, I don't know about eight and one, but seven and two are or you, six and three. Are you? T- yeah, I mean, my thing is like they should have won that Kansas City game, anyways. Does Aaron Rodgers fumble that snap? No. And I, I understand I'm doing everything in a vacuum. Like I'm saying everything is the exact same that the yeah. defense still plays with the same tenacity. No one, they got Aaron Rodgers. I get that. I'm saying that, but 
for everything we're talking about, there's no way this team is only five and four. That Aaron Rodgers only makes a one game difference. No, it's at no. least two, if not three. I, I absolutely. I, I, there's no like you won four games with Zach Wilson. Yes, four games with Zach Wilson. this team is seven and two. They also and, wouldn't score touchdowns. They'd probably be averaging closer to twenty points a game instead of like yeah. thirteen that they're averaging right now, which is insane. I, Agreed. So um, okay, I just wanted to get that out of my system because I I was flabbergasted when I heard five and four, well, potentially six and three. That made me that made me nuts. I think that stems from people thinking that Rodgers maybe was a little washed last year, but I I. It, Rogers left-handed could do more than this <laughs> offense could do right now. <laughs> I, I'm not going to disagree. <laughs> um, I want to shift focus to Sala because I think we're at a really at a cross. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With him as a head coach, I think every 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 part of me wants the guy to succeed. He's a very likable person. Like you know, he he says a lot of the right things. You know, it seems like the players love him. Like that's the one thing you could always say. Whether they're you know the penalties have been a problem, which is a coaching thing, but. They play for him and they never quit. And that's that's a really important thing for a football team because you you see what the Raiders were like with Josh McDaniels. They were just like packing it and they didn't care anymore. And then you get a guy like Antonio Pearson there and now they've won two straight and there's so much more energy in that locker room. So I'm I'm really at a crossroads with this because I think that there's definitely some issues with him, especially with in-game management, the penalties. I think he coaches a little bit scared. I mean, the whole you know race to twenty was really stupid or whatever he said before the game. I I didn't catch it because I was on a plane and I just kind of fast forward just to get caught up uh, instead of watching the pregame. Um, but to me, I'm at a point where I need to see him coach with a little more guts. I think he just is coaching too scared. I want to see the penalties cleaned up. I want to see accountability from all players on the roster, no matter what your draft position was, no matter what you know position you play. And I'm starting to get concerned that he's probably not the guy. And I know that you and I were really confident when they started off seven and four with all those wins that they had last year. But until, until I see more, I kind of feel like he's just, he's just the guy. And I I think the one caveat is, you know, what would he be like with a real quarterback? He's never Mm -hmm. had one. I mean, Mike White was the closest thing he's had to a real quarterback or like a wash Flacco. So that is like the one thing that keeps me from giving up all hope, but, I'm really in a place where I, I know he's probably going to be back next year because uh, Rogers likes him, but you know, anything could happen with this ownership group. But what do you think about him? Do you, are you, are you still, you know, bought in with him as being the solution for this team? Do you think that maybe he's just here another year and then that's it? Or are you at the point where maybe you would actually consider making a move if it, things really go off the rails? I'm not at the point where I'm considering making a move. I think he should, I think he's going to be back next year and I think he should be. I am, my patience is growing thinner. I'm a big Salah believer. I really, I think the fact, what he does with the locker room, I I don't think can be uh, sold short. I think he's doing a a fantastic job with that because I think a lot of teams, after what happened in the first first game, could have absolutely like just thrown in the towel and and been done. So I give him, I give him a ton of credit. Um, There are things though, where the, the race to 20 comment, like you just can't make that. Like if you're, and I made the point on, on the show earlier this week, too. Like, if you're going to sit there and say, you know, I believe in this offense, when this offense clicks, it's going to be something special. 
can't then say you're that. Also, then, then you're also going to say that it's a race to 20 because our offense is so bad, but our defense is so good that if we just get the 20 points, like, no, your goal shouldn't just be 20 points. Your goal should be scored 35, 42. Like, put the ball in the end zone as many times as you can. So you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. The other thing that I have to – and I, 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 we try our best to remain objective, and I always say, like, take the Jets goggles off. But you have to look back at last season too. Like, this team – got a second chance at life after Green Bay beat Miami, right? And how mm-hmm. did they look in that Seattle game? Like they had a second oh. chance and they came out as flat as you could possibly come out with everything on the line. And that that to me, like, you know, listen, you, you blame a lot on the quarterback situation. They tried to bandage Mike White up with his broken ribs and like trot him out there. But that game was not pretty. That was as flat as you could look in a game that meant everything. And I mean, that's on, mm-hmm. that's on coaching. And that, that's, that's the stuff that, that irks me because I really like Salah and I want him to succeed. And I think that with a real quarterback, he could, you can't sell short what he's done with this locker room. You can't sell short what he's done with this defense. But the reality of it is this guy's 15 and 28 as a coach and mm-hmm. his offense has been in the bottom of the league. Like his defense has made great strides clearly. But the mm-hmm. it's, it's 2023 and in a, in a league that's built for offense. Everything is tailor-made yep. for offenses to succeed, and you can't put the ball in the end zone. Like, there's yep. got to be – at some point, there's got to be some accountability accountability for that. And that's what – it scares me, but that's what, like, wears me thin. Yeah, and I understand he's a defensive coach, and that is not necessarily always the best way to hire a head coach. But, listen, there's been plenty of defensive coaches who've won Super Bowls. Bill Belichick, um, I'm trying to think of others. Mike Tomlin. Bill Parcells is a defensive coach. Bill Parcells, yeah. Um, Also, what's his face? He's not a defensive coach, but John Harbaugh has won a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So the point is is that you need to have some sort of say in the offense. And and my concern is is that he's either, A, relying too much on Nate Hackett and not having his input basically with these game plans, or B, he's just doesn't – he has no no say in it at all. And I I think – that's always been the fault of a guy like Rex or a guy like Todd Bowles too. It's just like, you need to be part of the offense. Like it, mm-hmm. it's, it's coaching the whole team, same thing with special teams. And I know that, you know, Ulbricht and obviously um, Brent Boyer are both really good at their jobs. And those units have been great this year, but it, you have to have the same standard across the board and you can't like, I, I, I love what's all said after the game, basically saying, you know, we, we, we just don't want to let anybody score. That's the mentality that we have, but like, it's great that you're like trying to set the bar that mm-hmm. high but it's just not sustainable. You're going to have injuries, which is going to make your defense maybe not perform as well. But also there's guys who are going to have a bad day. It's going to happen. And it's unfair to the rest of the locker room that the offense is just continuing to be so putrid and so inept and nothing is changing. And that's on the coach. And look, I don't think that they're going to fire him, like I said before, but if let's just say they get the six wins. So they win two more games. I would say you have to consider it. Like if Aaron Rodgers is okay with it, six and to eleven. Change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think mean, you have too. to consider it. Yeah. And and also, I and I know that they probably wouldn't at this point because you know Joe Douglas has done some good things, but it's all or nothing for me. You cannot, you can't keep one and not the other. I I would be stunned. Like why would why should Joe Douglas get a shot of a third coach? That means he whipped on. He didn't hire Adam Gase, but he came in with Adam Gase and had him for two years, whatever. And he had Salah. It would be for three years. He whiffed on a quarterback. He's whiffed on a bunch of draft picks. I mean, think about it. Michael Carter's another guy in the 2021 class who's not here anymore. So, like, that's a little concerning for me. 
So my point is, is like, if you're going to make changes, it should be completely top to bottom from, you know, a staff standpoint and also a front office standpoint, because it, like there has to be accountability and Joe Douglas has tied Robert Sala's hand with the quarterback. And, uh, and I'm not saying that Sala's handled everything well, but it's like, they both should get a lot of blame and Zach Wills should get a lot of blame. And I know every time you criticize Zach Wills, you get, you get crushed. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. It's, it's, I just want them to win some games. I mean, I'm not expecting them to, you know, get to the playoffs and win a, win a round. I think that'd probably be unreasonable at this point with how inept they are on offense. Just get there, man. Just let me enjoy an extra week of football that I haven't had since 2011. <laughs> 2011. It's what world want. are we living in? I know. It's, at this point, I just want to. I just want a game that isn't a dogfight. Like, just get me a comfortable win. Give me multiple touchdowns. Give me one touchdown a half. Like the bar that we've set is literally so low for this team. It's insane for every Jets fan. We all agree. Like that's all we want to see. Like Robert Sala. And I I really do like, I love him as a coach. I love him as a guy, but all he had to do was not be Adam Gase. And he immediately got immense credit in, in Jets fans world and eyes because that's all he had to do was clear that. And now like with the offense, like all we're asking score 17 a game. Score 20. That's it. Like other teams just stumble into points and we can't even do it. It's, I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's frustrating, but at the end of the day, like you do, you just have to peel it back. And Joe Douglas, what is his, I mean, I think Joe said it today. Is is it 21 and 74? Is that accurate as a, as a GM? Uh, No, it's not that high. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's not that high. I'm going to tell you, hold on. I'm Googling. He had seven, seven, two, and four. No, he doesn't have 70 losses. He is, I think he's, I think he's like 20, 21 and like 50 something. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's not 75. That's right. 21 and 54. He's a 75 games total. Yes. Is that what it is? 21 and 21 and 54 and 15 and 28. Unbelievable. Like at what point do they make the change? And that's something that had, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. I think you couldn't. No one could predict that Aaron Rodgers is going to get hurt on the fourth snap of the game. I think they deserve another shot with Aaron. But at the same time, I just think what they, what this season is proving is that their plan, first of all, their backup plan for Aaron was an awful one, but that their plan even with Aaron was subpar, right? Like he shouldn't be the cure all. Sorry, he shouldn't be the cure all. (laughs) They needed to get more when Corey Davis retired. They should have gotten more, even in addition to Alan Lazard. Right. Yeah. And they should have gotten more help on the offensive line and more depth on better help and depth on the offensive line. But yep, we've gone on for far too long. So we can continue. <laughs> By the way, it's 24 and 51. I, I just 20, want to correct ourselves. So not 21 and 54, 24 and 51. Either way, yeah. still, still gross. Not acceptable. It's disgusting. Not it's acceptable. Under 30% winning percentage. It's gross. Yeah. It's, it's oh God. No. It's so it's, sad. No it's other so team, would be, no other franchise would allow that ever. Never. They wouldn't. It's, that's why we think of like, and, and now with every passing year, the golden years of my fandom just get further and further away. I was spoiled from a, from a 12 year old kid to the time I was 25, 26, I was spoiled. <laughs> and from 26 to 38 has been dog shit. <laughs> It's so funny, and I know uh, Casey Halpern for Prop Exchange mentions this to Joe on a show they did. I think they did it last week. He's like, you know, the meme. It's like our expectations were our expectations were low, but holy fuck! Like it's just <laughs> <laughs> that's the Jets on offense in a nutshell. That's it, man. That's all it is. It's it's just uh, it makes you want to scratch your head. 
Um, so we do have a game that's coming up on yeah. Sunday against the Bills. Second matchup. The Jets have beaten them, so there is there is reason to believe that they can win. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think the Jets are going to actually shock us and do something on offense? Do you think they're going to win? Because I'm not confident until I see it. So what what what's your prediction for the game on Sunday? You know, <laughs> spent, <laughs> we've been going for 30 minutes, and I've spent 29 and a half just completely like going off on this team. But I gotta, I don't know. I I, <laughs> I I feel like as bad as the Jets are right now, I feel like the Bills are almost in a worse way. And I feel like the firing of Ken Dorsey was a desperation move. And I'm not sure how much impact it's going to have. Like he's, yeah, he's going to call the plays, but it's still going to be calling the plays in, in a Ken Dorsey offense. Um, Josh Allen is, has not looked good. Um, that defense, I don't think is great at all. I don't know if they're even good right now. And the absence of Matt, the absence of Matt Milano, who was always due for a Zach Wilson pick and or breaking Mike White in half. I think is a, is a huge thing for us. I mean, Trey white being out, I just call me crazy, man, but I just have this funny feeling that the jets are going to surprise us and have, and, and find a way to pull it off. I think I have no reason to believe that the offense can, can really put the ball in the end zone, but I, I just, I have a feeling that they're going to find a way because this is a dog fight. I mean, both of these teams are fighting for their lives right now, because really in, in all seriousness, the loser of this game is, is probably out. Right, we're clinging on to whatever sliver of hope that we have at making the playoffs right now, and the Bills are as well at five and five with the schedule they have left. Like they need this game bad. Um, I just have a feeling that we're gonna we're gonna win in a dogfight. I think the Jets win 17-14. I, I I just it's crazy, and I'm I'm nuts. But you know, and the the funny thing is, is like I picked the Jets to lose last week seventeen thirteen, and I still I get so pissed off, even though I knew I was gonna be like right. I was a point off each way, right. But I don't know, something about this week and what's going on, I just have a feeling that they figure it out just enough on offense to make the difference. I feel like they just have Josh Allen's number, and I feel, I feel like this defense just kind of gives Josh Allen fits, and they're going to surprise us and pull it out and maybe you know maybe make some noise in December. You're, you're saying all the things I want to hear. I'm going to go against the grain, though, because I, I, I just I can't. Until I, I see it, I'm not going to believe it. I'm picking against them. I, I hate doing it, but <laughs> – I, I just don't think they're going to win. I, I, Zach Wilson is so bad, uh, and, you know, the play calling has not been great either. I, I just can't see it. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I'll do anything to be wrong. I'll, I'll be so happy and late on a Sunday night just celebrating this going into Thanksgiving week. But I'm going to say, like, 21-13 or 21-10. 21-10. They'll get one touchdown. One touchdown for us to make us happy. He's probably a defensive one. <laughs> the one thing listen i think i i've continued to say like the offensive when you put a blame pie chart out i think hackett deserves a big chunk i think zach deserves the biggest chunk and i think penalties deserve the third one right mm -hmm. on sunday night though i don't think zach was the biggest issue i think he made he wasn't some, but he you're, you're, he made some good, he made some good plays he missed some throws the issue is that in the most crucial moment with a chance to come back when they're entering the red zone, he made the one mistake that you can't make and he threw it where he shouldn't have and got picked. Now it was a hell of a play by Spillane, but he still shouldn't have thrown it. The other thing that I would say is that the kid, for whatever reason, like I don't know if he's being coached. I don't know if he's scared of getting hurt. He, he seems way too hesitant to use his legs when that's like the best thing that he's got for himself. And it's like he – even when the when when the holes open wide open in front of him, he still continues to look to dish it. J dude, just take off. 
And he used his legs. I think he had 50 plus yards on Sunday night and it was to our advantage. And if he stays in by a millimeter, that's a touchdown and the Jets win that game. No question. So continue to use your legs. It's like, it's literally, it's, it's his best asset, right? Like just continue to do it and do it more. Get them on rollouts, get them on design runs. Maybe some of those third and ones, you roll them out to the pocket on the right or you roll them out of the pocket on the right. And if he doesn't see it, he takes off and he gets it. Like those are the little things that I just, I can't for the life of me. I know I don't know football like these coaches, but I just can't understand for the life of me why they don't do it more. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know either. And I, I wish I knew the answer because I do agree with you. He should be taking off more and there should be design runs from. I know that it, he could probably get hurt. That might be the case with it. I remember that was the whole reason why Adam Gase would never let Sam Darnold sneak because he didn't want his quarterbacks to get hurt. But it works. And it's a good it way to get first downs. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, look, it, it at works this point, them. you're playing with house money. Like, as important as Zach Wilson is, okay, but you're four and five. It's desperation time. You got to leave it all out. You got to get all the tricks out of. The, you got to. You yeah, got all the tricks out of the bag. You got to. You have to. You have to be in your bag this week. Yeah, Nate um, Hackett should be studying everything that Mike Lafleur did in the past two seasons and and <laughs> and entering everything that he can into his playbook. Every right. possible thing. Yeah. Any any closing thoughts as we head into Buffalo week? I just I'm trying to I'm trying to change the juju and keep it positive. I I I don't know. I I, you, I have no reason to have faith, but. Something about call it a gut feeling. I here's the thing I'll say. I felt weird about the Chargers game. Like leading into it, I was like, they should win this game. But just before it, I'm like, something's wrong. It just doesn't feel right. They're gonna let me down. Coming into that Raiders game, and at the start of it, I'm like, all right, they're playing pretty well. Like, if they can get a touchdown, this game's over. And as soon as they as soon as that one red zone try failed, I'm like, they're gonna let this team hang around somehow. Uh Oakland, somehow Vegas is gonna score and they're gonna win. Call it a feeling, though. I don't know. I just feel like they're going to be they're going to be spunky against Buffalo, and I feel like Buffalo's in a little bit of a, I don't know, something's something stirring out there. It's not good. It's not, and I know you you live in that part of uh of Central New York, but I'm going to say Jordan White gets another interception. He got three Ooh. against Josh Allen, and he actually had one against him last year. So let's let's yeah. get another one. Let's like get another one. Fit. Yeah, I like it. That's the key. If Josh Allen turns the ball over, then I think the Jets can win this game. If they can turn the Bills over and protect the ball, that that's going to be the key. That they just they they have to do that. If this defense, they have Josh Allen's number. They do. They can confuse him. They they bait him into trying to force stuff. And when he does that, he gets into trouble. And if that can hold, we'll see. Just gotta have a little bit of hope. I don't have it, but I appreciate that you do. <laughs> Trying, man. The beacon of positivity. I'm letting Will Parkinson and Dalvin Osorio inspire me. I'm trying to get back to my normal, optimistic, glass half full self. Oh, so for those who don't know, because they're not in our TOJ Slack, the OG chat before the Discord was formed, Will and Will, but mainly Dalvin, always call me out for being negative. They call me out for being negative. They call Meeks for being out being negative all yeah. the time. And I will are. say Meeks, Meeks takes the cake from you. Like you're, yeah. I, I give you shit, but you're pretty good. Meeks is like, whoa. Oh, he he's he's ready to move on from this entire regime. He's just like, it, it didn't work. Let's get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you everybody for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe, whether it's on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts. Turn into Jets Live. Just search it. Um, make sure to subscribe to the, the YouTube channel for you know our content for snippets of Badlands and anything else that they're cooking up on that feed. Uh, www.youtube.com/slash at Badlands Toj. Also, make sure to subscribe to Will's feed, turn on the Jets podcast, not to be confused with turn on the Jets live. And last but certainly not least, make sure to check out Badlands 
Patreon. It's the best premium Jets content every single day. There's new stuff, whether it's written, video, audio. It's it's amazing. And don't forget to check out the tailgate for the Falcons game in the first week of December. Chitty cheesesteaks will be there. Prop exchange will be there. Should be a good time. I'm TBD about going. I know, Russo, you're trying to go to the Black Friday game. I don't know if you're, you're mm. still doing it. Yeah, we'll I see. wouldn't waste it. I wouldn't either. <laughs> don't waste your time. If they pull off the next two, maybe you'll see me at the tailgate. I don't know. All right. All right. Anyway, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you guys next week.